0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the debrief. Miro makes his long-awaited return, filling in for John Moxley in tonight's world title eliminator matchup. It was great. The Redeemer is one step closer to redeeming himself. On NXT 2.0, the new school continues to dominate as Carmelo Hayes And Trick Williams get a solid win over NXT veteran Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. Rico El Glorioso and myself are going to jump into all of this tonight on this edition of The Debrief. Watch Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out! What's up, everyone? It's Jose G. Enrico El Glorioso. You know what time it is. It's time... For the debrief here on Sports Kita Wrestling, we're going to break down everything y'all need to know about this week's NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite. Dynamite was a solid show. NXT coming off the heels of Halloween Havoc, almost setting that reset button. We got to see a little bit more of the consequences of last week, bro. But before we get started, Rico, what's up, Broski? How you been?
1: I've uh, been good, man. I've been missing you, Jose. I know I was off, you know, doing my own thing. But, you know, I'm back here, back with a new look, keeping the, the yeah, Tony I Stark that. look that I kept from Halloween. Keep it going, grass my Braves winning the World Series. But it's all about NXT 2.0, and we're on the road to full gear as this card continues to shape up. We had some important matches happen tonight on AEW, so I'm looking forward to talking about all of that with you, Jose. How you been? Ah, man, it's
0: been a busy week, you know, with the announcement of that breaking news early, uh, late last night, early today about John Moxley uh, checking himself into rehab. We covered that extensively earlier today on The Top Show. You guys can check that out. Go ahead and subscribe to the Sports Keto Wrestling channel right now on our YouTube. We're well on our way over 23,000, so thank you so much. And help us get to 30,000 subscribers the only way you can do that is by subscribing and smashing that notification bell. If you're watching us on Facebook, do the right thing. Hit that like button, the share button, the heart emoji button, the angry. It doesn't matter. Just go ahead and engage with the show. Go ahead and share your thoughts on this week's NXT 2.0 and AEW Dynamite. But let's jump in straight into Dynamite, Rico, because it, this show itself, we are 10 days away From Full Gear, some serious implications with both the Women's TBS Tournament and the Men's World Title Tournament. But more recently, to close out the show, we found out Miro was filling in for Jon Moxley about time that AEW showed some love to Miro. And JR said it himself, he's the highest ranked fighter in there right now in that tournament and I think that was the right decision to put Miro in there. And it was even more of a right decision for him to go over and face Brian Danielson at full gear on November 13th. The world seems like it's getting back to our normal place, but until Miro doesn't win the entire thing, he's not going to be fully redeemed yet. Right?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it took certain circumstances for have, you know for him to have this opportunity because Jose, he is finally going to be on full gear. At this point, he didn't have a match lined up at all for full gear. But, you know, he's in there at a prime opportunity. He took full advantage, taking out Orange Cassidy, even though he almost lost via countout after Orange Cassidy dove off of the top. The Turnbuckle through the table, threw him through a table. Uh, and barely making a 10 count, but he was able to get back, hit the matcha kick essentially and the game over to get the win and solidify his spot at Full Gear, facing off against Brian Danielson in the final of that AEW World title eliminator, uh, the winner of which, of course, is going to get the chance to face off for the title, whether it's Kenny Omega or Hangman Adam Page, whoever walks out of Full Gear as a champion. Either way, between those four guys, I'm excited for any way these matches to play out. I know you've been excited. You're ecstatic now that Miro's in it. I it just, I
0: literally popped tonight. Like I was watching that matchup. I'm like, please give him that opportunity. He, there's nobody else on that roster, yeah, that deserves an opportunity in that tournament than Miro. All right, and I'm glad that he was able to fill in for John. You know, we we wish John for him to have a speedy recovery, mm-hmm. uh, but when we're looking at at the amount of talent that AEW has, Miro is up there, man. Miro is a top echelon elite athlete, no pun intended, on AEW. But it's true, and he, he's just not been well used over these last few weeks, ever since he dropped that TNT title to Sammy Guevara. And what I actually love about what's happening right now, especially in the vignette, he kind of brings that over, that loss, you know, he's... He's been he's been forsaken by his God. His his yeah. wife hasn't talked to him, or you know he needs to <laughs> seek forgiveness. So I love that he's bringing that into his Redeemer character, something that we we have never seen from Miro before. So yeah. good good call, AEW. Yeah, Thank you for following my advice, even though you guys may not want to admit that you watched the show.
1: But I'm going to take full credit for that, Rico. Yeah, that's what uh, uh who was saying it here in the chat. Uh, it's Steven Chambers. Finally, Miro's in the tournament. Tony Khan must to have listened to the show last week. Yeah, they finally have <laughs> the Jimmer in the show. And you're right. Like that's that vignette that he had was amazing. You know, uh, talking about like, are you are you mad at me? But what happens when I'm looking at you in anger? Are you looking down at me in fear? Like what he's doing with this character, I absolutely love. It just sucks that he's going up against a buzzsaw that is Brian Danielson because it felt like it's been Brian Danielson's tournament to lose. But, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you never know. And just like you said, you know, uh, when we were talking before the show, it could be a swerve. You you never know what could happen when it comes to AEW at this point. They could subvert our expectations. And they could give Miro the shot at Hangman Adam Page, you know, if he presumably presumably wins the title at full gear. You never know. But either way, it, it made the most sense to have Miro be that guy to replace Moxley because just like you said, A, he's number three ranked in the uh, when it comes to the rankings. He was a former TNT champion, and they haven't been doing anything with him. And they didn't have a one loss. him on the card. He only has one loss, dude. Yeah, and that was the title to Sammy Guevara. That's the only time he's lost since he's been in AEW. So it makes the right sense. I think there's gonna be an amazing matchup between Agreed. these two guys. These two former WWE guys. Now we're seeing them here in AEW without. It's gonna be hilarious. Attached, just have them cut free, do what they can do in the ring. I'm excited for this match. I and know the- as soon as they showed this picture, I had a text him like, "Yo." He's in this tournament, Jose. Your prayers have been answered. Miro is back <laughs> in, the, uh, in the in the in the
0: voice in the good old voice of uh, Paul Avec Triple H. I find it kind of funny that uh, the finals are two ex WWE guys. So uh, yeah, so Christopher Ryan Cooper watching this on Facebook. I hate the reason why Miro was put in, but man, look how good he is. Absolutely, got I gotta agree with that. Uh, Christopher Ryan is also saying, Rico, I see you. You got lined up. Rico looking all fresh, fresh off of his uh Tony Stark uh cosplay costume last week for Halloween. Uh, but uh, you know, we did uh close the show with the world title eliminator, but we opened I'm up the up with show the with the world champion Kenny Omega going up against Dark Order's Allen Five Angels. Uh, with Kenny Omega getting a win, but Allen Five looking pretty good in this matchup in an opening contest against the world champ. Uh, even though he got the win, uh, you know, it, it's not. a OK, so when you're opening up a dynamite, right, you're opening up with the world champ. Why isn't the world champ fighting someone worthy of happening an opening battle? You know, uh, that's what that's my nitpick here, because Alan, where is even though they really don't pay attention to the rankings, even though they say they do. Where does he rank? He's,
1: he shouldn't even be in the same ring space as Kenny Omega, right? So they're kind of doing this full arc thing with Kenny Omega because they kept bringing up consistently all the, you know, the match that he had with Alan Angels before he became AEW champion where he got taken to the limit by the guy presumably mm-hmm. that would become number five of the Dark Order. So I think they're trying to do this whole, again, a rem, uh, like a long look back at the, the whole history between Hangman and Kenny Omega, and this being one of the, uh, the matches that Kenny Omega had before he became champion, that he got brought to his limit. So it's like writing all the wrongs, I guess, essentially, of the past of showing why mm. he's the dominant champion. So that way, when it comes down to it at full gear, it's, you know, since the inception of AEW, you know, where a hangman was a title and now uh, Kenny has a title, like bringing it all up together here to this one fine you Know the singularity essentially when hangman yeah, yeah. is this I, a moment I, where he finally wants to rectify.
0: Okay. Yeah, he's trying he's trying to restabilize the timeline. I yes. I, I understand what he's trying to yes. do. Uh exactly. so after the matchup, you know, Kenny Omega did the heel thing and uh wanted to end Angel's career with the chair. Uh, but then hangman Adam Page comes out for the save. Uh so that story's still continuing. We're gonna get that one-on-one matchup at full gear next week. Uh, a lot of people are expecting already that hangman Adam Page will become the new aew champion but again it's wrestling and anything can happen. Uh, moving on, Malachi Black had a vignette uh, about being barred from ringside not being a match uh, a factor in the match. Uh, then we had a uh, in-ring promo, in promo by CM Punk uh, giving pretty much his support to John Moxley if you guys know remember, Earlier today, we covered it extensively in the top story. John Moxley checked himself into voluntary rehab uh, for alcoholism. CM Punk talked a little bit about it, opening up the show or opening up the promo. That you know, right now, that's not the name I want to hear. And then they all started chanting Mox. Nice. And uh, and and this is something cool that I like that CM Punk has you know, has been doing or does, and. When there's something going on in the wrestling world that everybody knows what's going on, right? Yeah. Whether it be internet, press release, whatever it whatever it may be. He's gonna mention it. CM Punk and AEW does a really good job of acknowledging that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas WWE, they stay to their storylines unless it's something serious, like a death of a current member of the roster or you know, something very tragic like that. They won't go out of their way to change what's going on with the programming. Whereas over here, they know what's going on. He took a moment out of his promo time, out of his TV time to make sure, listen, if you guys are having mental health issues, if you guys are having addiction issues, reach out to somebody. It's mm-hmm. not that hard. All right. So I thought that was really cool of them. And then he switched it over. And then he brought the promo from Mox over to Eddie Kingston. Now, Eddie Kingston interrupted Mox, uh, um, CM Punk, last week in mid-interview. And CM Punk did not like that at all. Eddie Kingston was not uh, at Dynamite tonight. And he called him out for Friday night on AEW Rampage, where CM Punk is expecting his apology, where I am predicting he ain't going to
1: get one. Oh, no, of course not. Like, this is clearly the setup for the match between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston at Full Gear. Uh, And to bring up what Paul uh, Kornkowski was asking, like CM Punk should have been in the tournament. He even brought it up. He's like, you know what? I would have put my name in there to be the replacement for Moxley. However, you know, I still have to deal with the situation with Eddie Kingston. So he he tried to subvert that. Like, why did you use CM Punk? This is why, because they have this storyline going on here, Uh, which should be another good matchup. Like we've seen Eddie Kingston, when it comes to these big matches, he delivers. He delivered against uh, Brian Danielson. You know, in that losing effort in the tournament, he delivered against, uh, uh, you know, for Miro against for the TNT championship. It's like Eddie Kingston, when you put him up against a big uh, caliber opponent, he can bring it. So I can only imagine what him and CM Punk are going to do, you know, when they eventually are going to square off at full gear. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what CM Punk has for the Mad King. If you
0: want to know how serious Eddie Kingston is. Just look at Daniel Bryan's chest last week. Just look at that. Look at all that hamburger meat that 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 chest was last week, all because of Eddie Kingston. So uh yeah, I think this should be a, a good matchup. You know, different styles usually lead to good matchups. And these are two completely different styles. You know, you got Eddie Kingston, who's more of a brawler, kind of a technician, and CM Punk, who's really an all-arounder. You know, the guy can be a high flyer, the guy can be a technical. The guy can be power. The guy can really do anything. So uh, this should be this should lead into an interesting matchup. Do you think this matchup uh, happens at full gear? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Friday, because he's asking for the apology. So this yeah. is going to be it, the go-home
0: setting up the match for the next day.
1: Essentially, yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. Uh, we also had a, a segment with the Super Click. Uh, the Super Click were kind of like uh, bragging on, you know, how good they were. Christian Cage made a little appearance back there. And the Young bucks is like, listen, you better watch what you're saying before we beat you down like we did last week. And then Luchasaurus is behind them. And then all of a sudden, all sorts of mayhem breaks loose. It, the interviews goes from the backstage to the main ring area where the mayhem just continues. And then I then will one spot, Jungle Boy just runs like Yo, a just- maniac <laughs> off of the top <laughs> of the stage. Wild. And just, just one big flip onto everyone. It was a fun little segment. This rivalry continues. It uh, looks like the, the the super elite or super click uh, are still upset from that loss last week.
1: Oh, yeah. And especially at the end of the segment when Christian Cage hits poor old Bulge, a.k.a. Adam Cole, baby, with a concerto. And he just sells it like a champ. He just, like, flops around like a dead fish. You know, just taking the brunt there. Uh, because later on, we did have a segment with John Silver in the ring with Tony Schiavone, basically talking about the match that he's going to have with Adam Cole uh that's coming up this upcoming Friday on Rampage. Uh and we also got a few video packages about the uh the women's the TBS tournament uh, that they have going on uh between the next matches coming up between Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander, also between Red Velvet and the Bunny. So the women's division, you know, continues to heat up uh with these other matches. we did get a match tonight with uh Anna J going up against Jamie Hayter. Mm -hmm. But of course, Jamie Hader, she's got the support of the AEW women's champion, Dr. Britt Baker DMD, which essentially got her the win tonight. Uh, But of course, after the match, after that happened, uh, they were beating down on Anna Jay, and Ty Conti was going to be facing Britt Baker at full gear, came out to make the save. She gets taken out, and Thunder Rosa comes out and makes the save. So, yeah, I pop for that. I pop because it's been a while since she's been on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like it's a nice way of bringing her back into the fold into the women's division. Obviously, we have this match. More than likely, Britt Baker's gonna win versus Ty Conti. As much as we love Ty Conti and seeing her progression in AW versus what they did with her in the NXT, uh, she's still gonna be she's gonna get a great run from Britt, but Britt's probably going get the win, and that's probably gonna set up Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa pretty soon too. Uh, you know those of two to the champion.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, check out that Lights Out match. Was it last year? And that Lights Out match was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. If, yeah, it feels like almost a year ago now at this point, but yeah. It's, oh, if not, we're we're approaching. We're getting, it getting close quickly.
0: to it, so it just goes to show
1: like they're putting her back into that segment. You know, getting involved with Dr. Britt Baker. So expect that matchup sooner rather than later. But it's gonna be good when it does happen. But uh speaking of good matches, man, a guy that we haven't seen for a while, formerly known as Galisto in WWE, Samurai Del Sol was teaming up with his boy, Arrowstar, who was very popular in Triple Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground with the insane high-flying antics that he does. They teamed up to face against uh, FTR, who are the current reigning defending AAA uh, Mega Tag Team Champions. they the greatest luchadors
0: of the entire world, Rico. The greatest luchadors. Sure they are. Uh, but they had an open challenge. They got the out campeones, bro.
1: That, that should Shouldn't solidify be. that they are the best luchadores of only the when they're entire frogs in the world. Only when they're frogs. That's the only time <laughs> that actually mentions. Uh, but of course, they got the win over these guys. But it was nice to see Kaliso get involved, even though they did lose in heelish fashion when uh there was a roll-up and then uh Kaliso had uh Cash Wheeler, he rolled them back over, but he held onto the ropes to get the win. Uh, but of course, you know, they continue their slimy ways, uh um, not only maintaining the AAA uh, Mega champion, Tag Team Championships, but they are challenging for those AEW Tag Team Championships against the Lucha Brothers uh, on, at Full Gear, who came out and made the save. But well, we did have an interesting segment where it looked like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were about to come to blows. <laughs> I see,
0: I'm watching this, and I'm hearing the crowd pop for this. They're like, oh, my God. And then you hear Jim Ross and the back is like these two former tag team partners are about to go throw blows, and then the, the, the you know no, the the no. The, uh, the Lucha no, Bros come, come out, out and, then, and you know. I'm looking and I'm hearing the crowd, <laughs> and I'm like, these people really want to see these 60 almost 70 year olds just throw hands in the middle of nobody. No. That's gonna first, they're both gonna get seriously injured, <laughs> get and two and two, it's gonna be sloppy, right? <laughs> It, I, mean, I could be wrong, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe, could be the greatest, maybe they're still in ring shape. Maybe he's still training. I don't
1: know. This could be the greatest technical match that we've ever seen, Jose. You never know with these two immensely talented... A technical, technical years, 10-star I- match by Dave Meltzer standards. Just <laughs> <laughs> the, purest, the purest of wrestling matches. That's what we could get between these old guys. Uh, but one match that's not going to be pure wrestling, though, Jose. We do have the 10-man tag team match that we're going to have at Full Gear between Inner Circle and and men versus men of the year and members of america's top team which the inner circle got to choose who is going to be representing america's top team because dan lambert came out with an open contract and you know a whole bunch of guys with them to represent america's top team including paige van zandt and her husband i forgot his name and i forgot the other guy's name because it didn't matter (laughs) Uh, because it came down to it even though we're not getting jorge masvidal we are getting andre and Junior Dos Santos, two former UFC heavyweight champions, which is great to see. And for the fifth guy, the top guy, the number one guy of America's top team, Dan Lambert himself is going to be in this match. He is eating that pin so hard. That's the only way Not that this me. makes sense for this match to happen. is only
0: yeah. if I'm-
1: my face isn't that fat. <laughs> the guy makes uh, me
0: laugh. That guy makes me laugh. He's he's really he's so- annoying to hear him. So naturally
1: I, good at the mic as he a really
0: kid. how he really
1: is, is he? he's never been in professional wrestling, and he's so natural. Like he just it's just easy for him to come off as you know, kind of a D-bag, and it makes you hate him, and it makes you want him to get, get into this ring so he can get hit with the Judas effect in the match, and he's gonna eat the pin. He's gonna get pinned by Jericho. Like, I can tell you exactly how that's gonna end, and that's what it's gonna be. He's gonna hit get hit with the Judas effect, and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's about right because I mean Junior Dos Santos is not gonna want to take the pin on there, not especially after losing after 72 seconds in his oh. last matchup. So oh. the nice comeback by Jake Hager, by the way. So that was that was cool. Uh, didn't really get the interaction between uh, Santana and the other dude, uh, but okay. But it was really more to set up everything between Jericho and Lambert. I think this is gonna be hilarious to watch. Uh, let's see if Lambert takes some bumps or not. Uh someone that took some bumps tonight man, Cody Rhodes, Andre oh. Andrade El Idolo with Malachi Black Bard from ringside. Uh man, this was a good match. This was for it. the for the for the short time that this mm-hmm. match went, this was actually a really good match. And I don't know what what it was about why it was good, or why, or the way because I think the way it ended was good because now we're having something build up with Andrade and FTR. We know that Andrade paid off FTR, uh, to, to get the triple A championships. It mm-hmm. looks like that relationship is or that business arrangement is still continuing. Uh, but man, Andrade, this is the first time we see Andrade and Cody go at it. And for me, for the as short as it was and the finish that it had, which was okay. I thought it was a damn good match. And I think that Andrade carried that match.
1: Yeah. You know, he absolutely did. I think they, like, you, it, you had it right on the head, Jose. Like, for the time they allotted, because when I was looking at the time, and I'm like, they still have two matches. They still have the match between Orange Cassidy and Miro, which looks like it's not going to get a lot of time. And they have this match. And this is one of those matches you want to give a lot of time to because it's two great competitors. And Cody and Andrade, so hopefully this is not the first time that we have them one-on-one. Hopefully we get an actual extended match, like a pay-per-view level match where they can give them, you know, 15, 20 minutes to just let them tell the story and keep going. Because, like, I love that little segment, especially with the figure four. You know, oh, yeah. Cody was going for it, and then, no, Andrade blocked it. And, of course, knowing his relationship. And he got the louder Bobby pop. And, Rick, and he got the louder pop, bro. Because all the smart marks know, you know, the relationship between Charlotte and Andrade and, of course, Ric Flair. Like, so, oh, my God. You see oh, what he's, he's doing. doing? He's, he's doing, the thing he's doing, he's doing so it because
0: of his father-in-law, dude.
1: Yeah. So, like, those little things, like, I think they, tell a, they can tell a really great story. And especially the hype from uh, not only Tony Schiavone, but Jim Ross talking about them being second-generation wrestlers, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's so much lineage and so much history between both of these guys that I think they can tell a great story. Just give them more time. But, of course, they're allotted for so much time even though they were trying to say oh we're gonna go over the hell with you know taking time out from hockey they could put us in a penalty box yeah i still ended like right at 10 but that's fine um uh, but i thought they did great and i'm looking forward to the next match whether it's you know just gonna be one-on-one or even a tag match and when you put in Pac and you put in Madakai black in there but uh it was the the ending of course the shenanigans just like we saw between lucha brothers and ftr when they lost the triple a champion tag team championships FTR was hiding under the ring. And like you said, the business arrangement is still there. They did the exact same thing as Cody was going for a suicide dive. They hit him with the belts. He collapses, gets in the ring, gets hit uh, you know, with the DDT from Andrade. And Andrade gets a big win over Cody Rhodes. So don't be surprised of all you know this. Everything that keeps happening to him just keeps adding more and more. And he's going to tap more into that Homelander side of himself where he's not turning heel ever but you might see a little bit more heelish tendencies from one Cody Rose. So we'll see how this continues to play out, man. So this week's
0: AEW was, uh, was a pretty darn good show. And I think, uh, you know, there was implications behind it. You know, it wasn't filled with vignettes. It wasn't full filled besides the opening match. It wasn't filled with just empty, empty matches that didn't have anything prolonging a storyline again, for the exception of the opening match. Uh, and you brought back Miro and you put him in the tournament and you made him advance to the finals. So I'm going to be a little generous with you this week, AEW. And I'm going to give you an 8.5. The Miro push. The Miro push. Jose. The Miro push gets you that, that extra half a
1: point. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be as courteous as you are, Jose. I'm going to give it an eight because you get the extra half point for the Miro push. Um, uh, because they while they had some solid matches, there was a the big gap between the opening match and the uh, Luchador Open Challenge for the AAA Championships, a Tag Team Championship. It, there was a lot of stuff that happened that was really just setting stuff up, so we didn't get straight to the wrestling as much. Uh, but we did get a good promo between MJF and Darby Allen, so that's what brought mm-hmm. it up from the seven seven point five to an eight. So I'm gonna give it a solid eight because I thought they did a great job getting not only Darby Allen involved, they got Sting involved. These guys wearing the the mask. And, uh, you know, Pinnacle came out to get involved, too. Uh, but, of course, Miro finally being in the main event, getting to an Orange Cassidy, that gives it, a, to me, it gives it a solid eight. Uh, and just a quick prediction. I know you guys were asking us in the chat already of who do we think is going to win between Miro and Brian Anderson. I think it's safe to assume Jose is pulling for Miro, and I'm pulling for Brian Anderson. So that's who we both think is going to win that match when it comes to Fulgur. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so
0: you guys are sounding off in the chat. Philip is saying on Facebook, AEW Tonight 10. Man, it must have been a really good show for Philip tonight. Philip Phil loved Monson, it. 8.5. And to answer uh, your question,
1: sh- no, uh, Britt Baker is not going to the WWE.
0: <laughs> uh, Steven Chambers is saying, hey. So guys, sign off in the comments. Let us know how you score this week's AEW Dynamite. Uh, while you guys do that, guys, make sure you are subscribing to the Sports Keto Wrestling channel on youtube we have tons of content dropping on the daily there uh you can watch and catch up with everything you need to know in the world of wrestling by subscribing smashing that notification bell you can watch friday nights tomorrow uh, on friday uh dirty dutch mantel and sp3 and rick Cucino covering smackdown and aew rampage on their smack talk show monday nights it's legion of raw with vince russo and dr chris featherstone every wednesday night it's myself Enrico El Glorioso covering the debrief uh, for AEW and NXT. And every single afternoon, you can catch myself, Kevin Kellum, and Jeremy Bennett on the top story covering the hottest trending topics in the world of wrestling. You guys can only catch it by subscribing to the YouTube channel and following us on Facebook and setting your notifications to see first so that way whenever we drop brand new content, you know, so that we can watch it immediately. All right, Rico, so let's jump into NXT 2.0. Fresh off the heels of Halloween havoc. Uh, we got kind of a reset. And this week Man. uh we got to see the return of Dakota Kai, who cost Raquel Gonzalez's NXT championship uh week last week against Mandy Rose. And she opened up the show, dude. Dakota Kai. She had a great matchup uh against Corajade, Jade, who's been pushed recently.
1: But Dakota she Kai denied
0: her, denied yeah. her.
1: And the only thing that she really came with different, so she has that like really pink hair, and then she has like the, yeah. the new eye paint that she, she looks has like on. an anime character, right? Like, she, like I'm waiting she's, for like, her to, to more do more some Naruto
0: with. hand size and shit. And, well, she already does, like, does that to begin, just, man. You know, that's oh, yeah, like, that's, that's, how it's that's so true. Right. That's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, she, like you said, she derailed the, you know, what is the phenomenon in Cora J getting two upset wins already in a short time in NXT 2.0. But it looks like, again, this is what NXT has done a really great job of intertwining all these storylines. Because even before this match came out, uh, we did have a in-ring promo by Mandy Rose. Because, you know, it is her stage now. She is the new NXT Women's Champion. She got to let it, all her feelings out there. You know, all the people that, that doubted me, that denied me, guess what? I'm the champion. Guess what? I'm still the hottest thing in this business right now. So she got to talk up also her girls and JC Jane and Gigi Dolan who, oh, where they at? Cut to backstage, they are attacking Zoe Stark. They're implying that they smashed her leg in the locker. But really, it's kind of what we sadly saw and predicted from <laughs> Halloween Havoc. It looked like Zoe Stark really did injure her leg when she went for the Phoenix Splash. And she landed straight on her legs as opposed to landing that in the splash. Nasty, that, yeah. And out of people that we thought were injured, we... Th- I seriously thought Io Shirai was more injured than Zoe Stark, but it looks like Zoe Stark was the one that's legit hurt, so they're writing her off. But Io Shirai comes out and faces off against Mandy Rose, uh, so it looks like she's involving herself in the NXT Women's Championship, uh, you know, scene right now. And of course, as she's attacking Mandy Rose, out comes the, NX- the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in Gigi Dole and Jason Jane and Team Ninja, who we affectionately call. Uh, Casey Catanzaro and uh, Caden Carter come out for the save. So we're going to be getting a six-woman tag match in Teddy Long style uh, between Io Shirai and Team Ninja versus Toxic Attraction next week, which I think is going to be good. It's good to get these ladies back involved. If there's anybody that should take those titles off of Toxic Attraction, it should be Team Ninja because Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro have been putting in so much work over this whole time that we've been following them and watching them live, perform live in NXT I think that'd be a great way for them to actually get elevated win those titles and the first way of doing that is having the six women tag match. Uh, and of course, as this segment was ending backstage, we saw Dakota Kai interact with Mandy Rose and let her know, I didn't do this for you. I did this to destroy Raquel Gonzalez. I love how she did it in Spanish. too. She, she did the rolling R like this to, to destroy Raquel Gonzalez.
0: Raquel. Even though that if you been, wanted
1: to score her, you should have won the title it, from her. But that's you fine. know, what would have
0: been really WWE of them if, if she would have said, I did it because of Raquel, and then the immediate zoom I into the that, eyes Raquel. and just have like the really open eyes, I did it for Raquel, you know, just do that really <laughs> intense telenovela <laughs> stare. That would have been hilarious. Uh, because that's probably the most mm-hmm. WWE thing you could do, but no. We had a really WWE thing that you would see on a Monday Night Raw. And this is the segment between Robert Stone and Zion Quinn. Now, last week during the Halloween party, Zion Quinn did an Uronagi slam on Robert Stone through a table. That didn't sit well with Robert Stone, and he wanted to phase Zion Quinn, which is probably the worst mistake you could probably do when you're standing in front of a 6'4 Samoan dude who's doing literally a Haka dance while he's entering the ring. That should have been your first sign on to really not mess with this dude, right? But no, Robert Stone decides, I'm better than you at everything. I'm better than you at singing and at dancing. And he proceeds to sing, and he's singing uh, 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 this Mone's. girl's uh, uh, Frankie, Frankie Monet's entrance, entrance song, right? Then, <laughs> then Zion's like, I'm not going to do this. Me. This is stupid. He's like, oh, you're scared? You're chick-a-chick? You are scared you are chick chick you can not do this. So you think, like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Then they... Sound off, Shawn Michaels, sexy boy, right? He's singing. He's this was kind of cringy. I'm not gonna lie. This is like this is something you would see on a Monday Night Raw in the in the 8:45 to the 9:15 slot uh, on Monday Night Raw, and this is this is what we're getting on NXT 2.0. You know, this is just a really toned down version of the main roster of NXT or or, uh, Raw or SmackDown, but yeah. This segment, Zion Quinn, Robert Stone, basura.
1: They've done so well. And for you guys that
0: don't know what basura means, it means trash. Trash.
1: They've been doing so well, like, building the mystique of Zion Quinn, the Samoan ghost. Like, everything he was doing was badass. And what he did at the Halloween party. I thought it was funny. It was slightly funny because he was dressed up as Freddie Mercury and then he tells him another one bites the dust and then slams it through a table. Like, that's quirky. That's, that's you know, that's that's sly. That's okay. That's subtle. But when you have him come out and sing Sexy Boy dancing and then, like, basically having a little bit of a match because he was, like, dodging and reversing into, like, dancing moves in... The... I'm not intimidated by Zion Quinn anymore. Like, the mystique yeah. is gone. Now it feels kind of corny. Like... He's not like overly hyped, you know, goody two-shoes like Braun Breaker. But now it's like he's not as like silent badass like he was before. Like now that's Solo Sokoa's role because he didn't need to do any of that stuff. So it, it's like two steps forward, one step back. However, the yeah. match, the way the beals that he did on him when he was like tossing Robert Stone around the ring, Yo. it was pretty impressive. Some of Yeah, those, those, tosses were yeah, freaking those impressive. spots were
0: really cool.
1: But again, I think it but goes it back okay.
0: exactly to
1: what you he's just perfect. said.
0: It goes back down the to losing the mystique, right? I understand that whoever is producing the shows, either be Vince McMahon, either be Bruce Pritchard, or whoever, or Shawn Michaels, whoever else is producing and running the NXT shows, I get they want to add more entertainment into that because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to train, they're trying to make these superstars in, in NXT so they can put them on the road and have you know, your next roster for the next five or 10. I get that. And I totally understand that. And I also get that, okay, you can't be like this brooding guy all the time. We need to see a little bit of personality, but you could have done that with just Robert Stone. You didn't have to have Zion saying dance or any of the stupid stuff because Robert Stone was enough. Well, just with that outlandish hair, and that crazy romper outfit that he had last night yes, was out. enough. Which I love about Robert Stone because you expect that from Robert Stone. He's the comedic relief of the show. You expect that for that to happen. Which is mm-hmm. God love him. I yeah. I, I think I think know. he does great on his role. I think yeah. he does what he needs to do. Doesn't really. But well. He didn't need to have Zion Quinn partake in dancing or partake in singing in order to come across as the badass that you actually are
1: is it feels like did they do this purposely so there was there wasn't two like super strong samoans at the same time because like it feels like all right they started with Zion quinn and now here comes solo sokoa and they're both trying to really establish them as a next top samoan talent and it feels like they, they don't want them to be i guess on par with each other so th- they're trying to take him down a peg so they can build up solo I'm guessing. I don't know. I, I, I don't thought know. it was all weird. Like you said, it could have been all Robert Stone and just have him be like, after he sings, he goes to attack. And when he, you know, he dodges the attack and Zion just, just beats him down. And you wouldn't have to have him involved in the karaoke. And, the and we wouldn't be having this conversation. And we would have been just fine and be like, all right, you know what? I'm I'm more excited to see what else Zion Quinn does going forward. Now I'm saying, well, like, hope he doesn't sing and dance again.
0: What was interesting, though, after that segment, he's going backstage, Legado and Electra, La Madrina, yeah. La Madrina, uh, coming. They kind of meet faces, and she stops him, and she looks him up and down, and she's like, I didn't know you had that in you. I that's don't know so if she was referring to the singing or dancing or referring really. to <laughs> the incredible beatdown that Robert oh, Stone goodness. got. Nonetheless, that's Zion like Quinn work. impressed La Madrina, and that's all you need right now because La Madrina is the one woman that has everything going on besides not having the NXT Women's Championship? Man, oh, that's, that
1: makes sense, I'm sure. Joaquin
0: but, and Raúl Mendoza, bro. Taking gear, on Vaughn though. Wagner. The gear. Ka- yes. The, the LWO
1: gear. gear. I freaking loved it. I've been dying to get an LWO shirt with like the Puerto Rican flag instead of the Mexican flag. It looks spectacular on them with LDF, like all the fantasma. The gear was almost as good as with the match that we got between Vaughn Wagner. Bagu- Von Wagner, because I gotta remember he's not European, (laughs) so it's not like Volter. It's not like Volter over here. What's the W? But Von Wagner Wagner and (laughs) Kyle O'Reilly, uh, which again, these are four talented guys, and I love how they again just incorporate real life stuff. So everything on social media, uh, with of course, Legato, especially, I think it was Joaquin Wild, was calling out, uh, Von Wagner for getting a shot. He's like, dude, you've only been here for five minutes and you're already getting a title shot. And then, of course, it's like, you know, just a back and forth between Kyle Raleigh and Von Wagner with Legal uh, Matazma. And it tied into this match that we got, which is a really fun match to see. And even though these are two guys that are highly touted to be in the main event scene, they still haven't worked out all the Kings as a tag team because Legal Matazma, Joaquin Wild, and Raul Mendoza got the win over the so-called, you know, the, the mixed, the weird uh, frenemies. I, they got a name. They got a name now. Do you, the sh- the na- you see the Not name on, on, on Kyle O'Reilly's shirt? Also, I was paying attention to the LDF shirts, the, the oh. LWO shirts. Axe and Smash, bro. Axe okay. and Smash,
0: because they went axe throwing and they were smashing some smashing.
1: shit. Okay. And smashing some Steve Weisers, uh <laughs> on the last vignette last week, which is good. Alright. Axe Smash, I can, I can roll with that. It's just they still have a long ways to go if they want to handle a true tag team like Legado and Fantasma.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Legado definitely showing out. I, I was almost a little bit worried when I saw this matchup because I know Legado, they have their ups and they have their downs, but you have a brand new team in Kyle and a brand new with, with Kyle and Van and Von Wagner. So I was a little worried that, Kyle and Von Wagner were going to get, like, that immediate push. But I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that they didn't because that kind of shows that they still have some holes in their tag team game and they got to work on it. Mm-hmm. And and, and, the, and that's totally fine because Legado needs to get a push now. Legado really needs to be the one to eventually take those titles off of Imperium at some point. Um, one, one can be hopeful, right? And, and we've been seeing these guys go at it for years and months on end. And still, they haven't been able to capitalize. They've had opportunities, but they have not been able to capitalize on that opportunity.
1: But uh, we'll it see what happens here soon. with Legado. Feels like it should be coming soon, though. Like, these guys have been playing that work. So, like, give them I- give a legit shot and run with the titles.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Andre Chase had a little backstage segment there uh, <laughs> earlier early in the night. And um, someone pointed out that he was scared in the haunted house. And the people were calling him a coward, and he was like, "What? People are saying what?" So he just—he's like, "I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna challenge anybody, right?" So he goes out. He makes an open a, a, a Andre Chase a Chase University open challenge, which, by the way, he has his own Chase U section, which I absolutely he's find so hilarious. hilarious. It's great. <laughs> I'm loving the Andre Chase character even more every week because how obnoxious he is, but. I didn't think he was expecting Braun Breaker to come out and accept this challenge fresh off of losing his NXT title match against Tommaso Ciampa, where Tommaso retained last week on Halloween Havoc. Braun Breaker making quick work out of Andre Chase, doing a promo right after. He's like, "Uh, Tommaso... Took advantage of every single hole in the game. He set up every single trap, and I fell for every single one of them. And what pisses me off, I hate losing. So it looks like he's not done uh, with Tommaso Ciampa down the road. He's got to earn his way back up there. But, yeah, bomb Breaker
1: making quick work of Andre last night, the future NXT champion Braun breaker. Uh, but I did like the little interaction backstage with, and, uh, Andre chase and Carmelo <laughs> Hayes and trick Williams. It's like, yeah, You made it out of the Hound house. You're still alive. You're not a zombie. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> that, that was funny. Those little, just those little things that can, you know, continues these storylines and these, like, you know, beats from episode to episode. I think it's, it's, it's really great. Um, uh, but of course, of course, just like we were talking about one powerful Samoan earlier on in uh, Quinn, we did get to see another match uh, of Solo Sikoa as he took on Jeet Rama, which yeah, looking mad dominant, bro. That how about that this, splash? The splash, like I, as soon as he hit, I'm like, all right, tell me you're an USO without saying you're an USO. Like that's to me what I <laughs> immediately what I felt. When you hit that, See,
0: the way that he hits how solo hits his splash first, is actually as
1: opposed to like an actual yeah, yeah it's
0: like kind of like quite impressive because he jumps and then he's like super stiff, but then right as he's about to land, he kind of like puts his hands down, which makes it look like he's dropping oh, just is, all of a sudden on you, which yeah. from a visual standpoint, I think it looks absolutely great. But yeah, tell me you're a new so without oh, telling me you're a new so
1: bro. That yeah clearly clearly like it feels like it's gonna be a lot sooner rather than later that he's gonna be up on smackdown with jimmy J with roman because it's it's too much without actually seeing it you know and of course with the fans getting behind him too like just saying uso every single time that he's coming out to the ring and he's kind of like playing along with it and acknowledging oh he was the crowd. Mad over
0: too dude he was mad over the crowd for at one point, I think at the beginning of the match, the crowd was split between Solo and Chase, right? Yeah. But then I think after like a minute, it just went straight to Solo. Everybody, the entire was solo, CWC man. was chanting so, uh,
1: Solo. Yeah, and and Abdul was saying here, I'm thinking that Simone phase that's going on has a lot to do with the Rock and Roman But look how incredibly talented they are. Like look at how well the well storyline that. The, the Samoans, especially Jimmy and Jay, dealing with Roman Reigns, they told a really great story. And the acting was spectacular. And they continue to keep adding layers and layers and layers because they're extremely talented. So, of course, they're yeah. going to have that rub, especially with a family member. So, it makes me... I'm interested to see what uh, Solo's going to do first by himself and then when he eventually joins the rest of the bloodline. Because it's going to happen, whether it's going to be a few years mm-hmm. later on or soon, mm-hmm. regardless... I'm anxious to see because we see what these guys can do. I want to see what he does. And then when you yeah. have another Simone and Zion Quinn, even though put the dancing and the singing aside, he's still extremely talented. I'm excited to see what he can do too, because we've seen what this kind of potential of this kind of athlete can do. So that gets us involved in their storylines and what they're going to be able to continue to give us going forward. So yeah, Agreed. it's kind of, it feels like kind of a phase going on, but that's because they keep delivering every single Simone that they put on TV has delivered. So yeah, um, so, give me more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, reading some of uh, some of your guys' comments, Abdul Rahman here on uh, Facebook is saying, "I'm thinking that the Samoan phase that's going on is mm-hmm. have a lot to do with the Rock and Roman Reigns." Well, well, well Abdul, when it comes to the, Samo- to the Samoan uh, family and dynasties in pro wrestling, they have been very, very much intertwined with the WWE for decades now. This goes back to the '70s. This goes back. Uh, to the old High Chief Peter Mayavia days when it was still territories. Vince McMahon had a relationship with the Hawaiian Wrestling Federation at the time, uh, where, where the Maivia's, uh the Rock's grandmother, were the ones that were controlling that territory back in the day. And they would interchange wrestlers. So they already had that relationship ever since then. And you can't also forget, you know, Haku, the Wild Samoans. All those guys that were all part of that. And that lineage is just kind of trickled down, which The Rock in the 90s. Yes, Roman Reigns now. Now we're going to have our next generations of Samoans with the Usos and Solo Sokoa and Zion Quinn. So having Samoans in WWE is not really a new thing. It's almost like... It's almost a far-gone conclusion. It's like, oh, you're Samoan and a wrestler? You must be in WWE.
1: You're WWE-bound. You're, you're WWE exactly. Ex- expect, you know, Jacob Fatu and everybody to eventually get there at some point. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, you know, special shout-out to friends of the show, uh, to Valet, ba- to and to Vertigo. Yes,
0: yes, yes. The Anoa'i family, uh, which we have a good relationship with, uh, they just got uh, one of the, the youngest daughters, Valet Anoi, just got married. Uh, to Vertigo Julio uh, over here in Orlando. So congratulations to them. A lot of the guys of the Anoy family were at the wedding. I was unfortunately not at the wedding, mm-hmm. but I saw a bunch of the pictures and everybody looks so happy. So congratulations to you guys uh, of the entire anoy family. Uh, all right, man, let's move on here because uh, we already talked about Solo, squash and jeet Rama. Uh, let's jump into Grayson Waller Grace and Walla. Boa because Grayson still, uh, L.A. Knight still has a little bit of beef. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with Grayson Waller, LA Knight was out there doing yeah. commentary. Boa still getting a little bit of um power per se from Mei Ying, uh, but Boa was able to get this solid win over Grayson, I think, with a little bit of distraction from
1: LA Knight, yeah. So, so, so that's going to be going on. But what's the whole thing when Boa went back to Mei Ying? She wasn't there, and then it turns out he had the face paint, and then he did the miss. So. They're still evolving stuff. Maybe they fused. In- Maybe they, did they do the fusion dance and we didn't see the fusion dance? I, I I, don't know. But to me, again, the same thing with Zaya Quinn, losing Mystique with the dancing and all this stuff. and kind of lost that too when she lost with Sakura Jade. So, mm-hmm. like, mm, mm-hmm. all right, cool, whatever. Until you give me boogie. back, yeah. I'm um, honestly – And now that uh, Zaya Lee is gone, now she's in the main roster, you know what? I honestly don't care about Tian Shaw until they do something interesting. So, Good luck to you, Bo, trying to win us back. Uh, they did point out here in the chat, uh, Stephen Chambers, uh, that Duke's Duke Hudson's poker room, uh, and those promos he thought he was watching Impact because they had this whole <laughs> running segment between uh Duke Hudson and of course Cam and trying to you know put his money up in the poker room. Some bits were funny, some bits were, were kind of sad, but at the end of the day. Cameron Grimes got one over on Duke Hudson, whether it was pure luck or he was just playing him. He won all of Duke Hudson's money with two twos because he's going to the moon, Jose, winning all that money. This is going to continue. It, it filled time. That's, that's basically what it did. But this led us to the main event of the evening where we had a tag team match. Johnny Gargano and his son... They keep referring to him as his son. His son-in-law. Son his son-in-law. Law. They keep calling him the son. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, going up against the North American champion, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Uh, I enjoyed this match, man. I Anything that Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis have been doing, it has been money. And they're doing it in this match, too. They'd start off with the no-look high five. They did it with the exchanging of the gloves, and they both did the silence and their, their uh, submission finishers. They did the whole thing where he like crawls on the leg, you know, uh on his knees to the ropes, and Johnny got on top of him and like posed. They did a lot of fun, interesting, and uh, interesting things, but it was not enough because this is now Carmelo's show. This is his court, and when Carmelo shoots,
0: he don't miss. don't
1: miss. And Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams get the win over Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano.
0: But that wasn't the best part of that entire segment. The best part of the segment was right before that match started, as soon as Tommaso Ciampa was heading
1: back. Oh, man, yes. After he had the the confrontation
0: with Carmelo on who was going to be the champ of NXT, the stare down between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, one of the greatest rivalries and feuds in NXT history. Their last match was one final beat last year, cinematic style. One of NXT's masterpieces uh, when it comes to the gold and black era of of NXT, and we got a little bit of kind of nod. Don't know if this is going to happen again, oh, God, but I would not mind seeing Gargano and Champa one, two,
1: three, four, five more times. It, it looks That's like just me. I'm, I wouldn't be mad between the three of them and both of these titles if they all switch hands at some point. like Because I think we know the history, of course, between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, but we know how talented Carmelo Hayes is. And I think him in the ring with either one, Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa, is going to be a great match. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have at some point like a triple threat match when it takes all. I was just about to say that. Just because, yeah. Somebody
0: say triple threat.
1: Like I and I wouldn't be mad at it just because of how talented they are, they can tell so many great stories, tell you know, put on an amazing match. Uh so it, it's intriguing. That's why, like I said at the beginning of the recap, like I they do a lot of good job, they do a lot of good things with like incorporating these storylines together, and it just gets your mind going to those places where you have that confrontation between Carmelo Hayes and Tommaso Champa. All right, who's the A champion, NXT champion or the North American champion? And then you have that moment where Tommaso's walking back and Johnny comes out. And you know instantly, you think that history that they have, and even though technically it's a feud between Johnny and Carmelo, your mind goes there. Like, man, I want to see this Johnny versus this Tommaso, just because every single time they always have a different dynamic to the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Once a baby
1: face, once a heel. Both are baby faces. Both are healed, Flipped over. They just, they just have. They don't have a bad match. So no. regardless of what happens, we just want to see that match between Johnny and Tommaso. Because, again, they change something every single time, whether it's dynamic, whether it's story beats, whether it's the moves that they do in the match. They do something that just keeps topping the match before. And our minds just instantly go there. And all they did was cross paths because Tommaso was leaving and Johnny was coming in for a match. And our minds already just started to jump to that point. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of good job. They do a good job of, like, putting a lot of these, place, these pieces in place just in case for whatever happens, you can pull that trigger. This match is going to happen. This match because this. This match because that. And just those little tees
0: little t's, baby.
1: They do so so freaking well here in NXT 2.0, which gets me hype. But for now, you know, we got you know Carmelo Hayes versus Johnny Gargano. Maybe we might get some Tampa in the mix now that he's defeated Braun Breaker and Braun Breaker has people to start starting to battle. get
0: wild in here. People starting start to talk about DIY return. Oh can't we okay? He's teamed up with Loomis right now. I don't oh, think down. let's let's slow oh, down, let's down, guys. Down yeah. I, I don't think my heart let's can go take it yet. if we get a DIY return. It's if not we long get long. a DIY. If I get a DIY return, I'll probably be out for two weeks because I can't take the
1: emotion. I can't take
0: the excitement if we get a DIY return.
1: The closest thing to that is it's going to get forced again if they both just happen to get called up to Raw at the same time and they're forced to be in a tag team like they were the first time they got called up. That's the only way they're going to get DIY this early. You might have to give it some time eventually when they all lose the titles. And, you know, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso doesn't have anything else to do. They can go for the tag team titles. But don't, don't, no. Don't, don't get our hopes up with that this early because they didn't happen at any time. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Don't – don't, not yet. Uh, <laughs> Rico, where in the world is Peter Dunn?
1: He's all by himself now that Rich Holland is no longer part of NXT. So
0: – Yeah, we didn't – he
1: wasn't featured at all neither last week or this week, right? And he's supposed to be the, you know, the toughest guy in NXT. And, yeah, we haven't seen that. We've seen uh, Brenton and uh, – uh, the the two country boys have their little vignette. Uh, Jensen and Briggs have their little like backstory of who they are, and that's what we're gonna as a tag team. And then we even have an MSK segment with the you know Forrest Gump segment, where we still don't know
0: the goddamn meaning of MSK, of MSK or K. the origin. Nobody knows. Every time they do it, it's it's always like in the in the comedy segments or in the movies that you see in the movies or in a, or in a sitcom where something important is about to go down. And something comes to distract you or is too loud to hear to hear the actual explanation. That's what we got. When There was a stupid bus in the middle of the explanation. And then the guy's like, oh, shit, that's right. And it was like, they're laughing about it. we are like, well, what are we laughing about? I couldn't hear the damn thing. How, this is like the third time this has happened. And I'm starting to get really upset about it.
1: It's, we're going to find out at some point, I, I hope. I hope we find out what MSK... What it stands for, how they came across, but until then, we're gonna keep getting all these teases, and then we're still gonna get these teases on Lash Legend because she finally had Tony D'Angelo as her. Forget guest. about it. Oh, with the producer. Oh, look at him; he's real good. Hey, how's your family? And you started naming people in the family. How's, your, like, right. how's your how's your how's your wife? wife? How are your kids doing? How are your kids doing? Huh? <laughs> oh, they're,
0: they're oh <laughs> he just fell. He's just he's oh, he, just he, nervous because he, he's on, nervous TV. on TV. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the whole
0: payoff is going to be with this, but... I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm enjoying his character. He was he was interviewed uh, today on The Bump. Uh, he He's a cool character. I think uh, I'm going to continue to keep my eye on, on Tony D'Angelo. Um, guys, go ahead and sound off in the comments right now. Let us know your score for this week's NXT 2.0. Did you like it? Did you hate it? doesn't matter as long as you enjoyed it. Go ahead and square it right now. Rico, one week off of Halloween Havoc. What did you think of this week's NXT?
1: Man, I, see, I gave AEW an eight, and NXT wasn't better. So I'm going to have to give it at least a seven. Uh, I think I would have been a little bit better if, A, we would find out what MSK stood for. Uh, two, <laughs> if we would have found out something from Ember Moon, because I know uh, somebody brought up in the chat, too. We haven't seen Ember Moon in a while. So I don't know what's going on there. Um other than that, I mean Dakota Kai is back. Uh, we had a good promo from Mandy Rose, at least, and the rest of Toxic Attraction. Uh, the biggest to me, the biggest part of the the ma- of the night was like out of fantasma getting a solid win. Love the gear that they had, Loved the interaction. So I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm gonna give it a solid seven. What about you? I think that's a pretty fair
0: assessment. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more generous just because there, there, there were some a lot more good than bad on NXT. Uh, 7.5, you know, I think it was it was a pretty strong show for a post-pay-per-view uh, slash event special uh, when it comes to the programming. Typically when we see um, like the day after or a week after type of show, we see a show full of vignettes, full of backstage stuff, not enough matches. I think we had a good amount of matches, some bad segments, which we talked about, the Zion Quinn and Robert Stone. I think that really didn't, didn't help. But I think a 7.5 should be right. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It was a good show for a post-pay-per-view. But I think that AEW did a little bit better just because they have a major pay-per-view coming up. And we got some big implications uh, on the storylines, which they needed to execute. NXT doesn't have anything to really build up for right now. They're just coming off of something. So now we're building up to the TakeOver, which will hopefully be going down in December. That's fair. Let's read. Let's read. Let's see what you guys got. Tyron Randall saying 10. And he's going to be giving, he's being real generous. Uh, Paul Mae saying, Paul, NXT was okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, la, 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 Stephen Chambers is a seven. CR Secrets for Ryan Cooper, 7.5. Philip Shavin is giving it a 10. So you guys are all over the place, but that's okay because that means that you guys watched it. And you guys enjoyed it, which is the most important thing that you can do because, you know, we advocate, you guys can have your tribalism, you guys can say, A-E-W or WWE, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, because you're watching it, you're loving it, right? That's what we do here, we talk about it, and uh, and, and, and that's what you got to do, guys. Uh, Guys, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight here on The Debrief. Uh, Continue to follow us for all the updates and all brand new content. You got to subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right. Smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content or whenever we have breaking news or live video. Catch us on the daily every afternoon around 6, 6 6.30 p.m. on YouTube and on Facebook with the top story, giving you the hottest, latest news every single day. Every afternoon, catches Monday evening after Raw, Legion of Raw with Vince Russo and Dr. Chris Featherstone, breaking down everything you need to know about Monday Night Raw. Every Wednesday night with Rico, El Glorioso, and myself, breaking down AEW and NXT. And on Friday night, Smack Talk with Dirty Dutch Mantel, SP3, and Rick breaking down not only SmackDown, but AEW Rampage. So we got tons of content for you guys, exclusive interviews right now about to drop, and we got some really special stuff. Coming out for Survivor Series, so again, continue to follow us so that way you guys never miss whenever we drop brand new stuff. All right, uh, follow Rico El Gloroso at Rico El Gloroso on the socials. Follow me at Joseg Official with the underscores in between on all my socials, and you can follow us on Recons of Wrestling. We'll be live tomorrow night, eight p.m. We're gonna be having Cha Cha Charlie on the show. He's gonna be uh, doing a cool interview ahead of the Rise of the Titans. Uh, event for pro wrestling action going down on sunday night so that's going to be great hopefully we can get some more answers uh between him and and chico adams i know they've been having some words and, uh, and jake tucker's also going to be joining us he's going to be part of the main event so it's going to be a good show tomorrow so catch us 8 p.m live tomorrow on youtube and on facebook at recons of wrestling so for rico el glorioso i'm jose g And remember, guys, when you're watching wrestling, what's the most important thing they need to do, Rico?
1: Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Boom. Have a good night, guys.